Our next storyteller. Next storyteller. Your next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Hello and welcome to The Narrators. This podcast collects stories from our live events where people share true stories based on a theme. Hey there, it's Ron. Today's story is about as fresh as you can get. It is the most recent story told at The Narrators. Last week, we celebrated our 11th anniversary outdoors in the parking lot of Bumpport Theater. And it was our first time performing anywhere near the theater in over a year. And we were definitely a little rusty, but boy, did it feel great to be home. I just want to take a moment at the beginning of this episode to thank everyone who supported the show over the years and the community that has grown around us, especially folks like Robert Rutherford and Mary Robertson, who brought the show to San Diego for a few years, my co-host Aaron Rollman, who welcomed the show to its current home at Bumport, Sydney Crane, Karen Wachtel, Jesse Witten, and Scott Kearney, the patient and generous team of folks who helped keep this show going, and the countless others who volunteered their time, energy, and personal stories to this show over the years. And I'd especially like to thank Andrew Orvidal for creating this show back in 2010. It's changed my life for the better, and it's truly an honor to be the steward of this very special thing that he created. So, I can't think of any better way to commemorate the occasion than to listen to a story from the master himself. Andrew told this story just nine days ago, outdoors at Bumport Theater. The theme of the evening was confessions. Enjoy. Vaxed yet. Thanks, Ron. Get off me. Thank you. Do you want to say it's cool that every single person got a haircut? I didn't know we were already getting haircuts. So I've always wanted to live the stress dream of having the worst hair in front of a bunch of people who just got a haircut. So thank you. Thank you for that. That'll just feel good for this confession. I was having a hard time thinking of a story for tonight because I have told a lot of stories at the narrators and I've told a lot of reprehensible things that I've done. And I was like, nah, I already told, yeah, I already confessed that one. Already confessed that one. And I was like, oh, it doesn't have to be me confessing something. It could be something that someone confessed to me. So that's the story that I'll be sharing tonight. Someone else's confession to me. Uh, the prologue for this story is... Uh, when I got my first real girlfriend, I was a sophomore in high school. I don't know why I'm saying real girlfriend. Any girlfriend. Fake or otherwise. <laughs> first time I had any girlfriend, uh, I was a sophomore in high school, and her name was Christy, uh, and she was very experienced at being a girlfriend. Like, holy shit. She was also a sophomore, but she seemed to have the life experience of, like, a 60-year-old triple divorcee. She... She just knew everything about everything, about relationships. She was just very, like, confident. There was none of that, like, awkward, like, oh, our hands brushed each other. She was just like, you're my boyfriend. Just, like, kind of, like, grabbing me around. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, like our first kiss, there was no, like, timid, like, oh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll kiss in this movie theater. She just, like, jumped on me and started kissing me. We were just listening to Christian punk in her basement, and she just jumped on me and started kissing me. I was like, oh, is this how people kiss in a relationship? Turns out, no, that's not. Don't jump on people and, and kiss them, but... She was like, <laughs> everything that I was learning about being in a relationship, I was learning uh, from... Uh, this girl, Christy. And I had a best friend at the time. We'll call him Jerry. Uh, I guess I should have used fake names from the start, but I'll just start from right now at this point in the story. Uh, and uh, Jerry was my best friend, and we'd hang out all the time, and Christy would be around. And it started to become kind of clear to me that Jerry also liked Christy. It just, you know, he was just, the things he would say and the the body language and stuff. And I told Christy that. I was like, I think Jerry also likes you. And she's like, 
well, let's give him a loyalty test. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, a loyalty test. We'll just like test him and we'll see if he's a good friend or not. And I was like, is that a thing? Is that what? R- what? She's like, yeah, it's a loyalty test. Like, this is a thing that people do all the time to each other. Don't worry about it. And I was like, okay, all right. And she's like, next time he's over at your house, call me and I'll tell you what to do. And I was like, okay, cool. So a short time later, Jeremy's, uh, Jerry's like, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> He's not a fan of the podcast. I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy comes. I'm not even going to pretend like to use the fake name. Jeremy. I was like, if I change it to Jerry, I'll remember it because it sounds so similar. Oh, God. So Jeremy comes over to my house. We're hanging out. I call, I call Christy up, and I'm like, yeah, he's, he's here, so what should I do? And she's like, all right, well, just holler downstairs that I want to talk to him, but stay on the phone. This is like 100 years ago when we had landline telephones, and you could like, everybody could be like on the phone in the house at the same time. And I was like, okay. And she's like, and then just listen in, and I'll, and I'll give him the test. And I was like, okay. So I hollered downstairs. I was like, uh, hey, Jeremy, uh, Christy wants to talk to you. I guess I don't, I don't know what about. And he's like, oh, okay. And I like went back to their phone, like, hoo, hoo, hoo. And, and then she, she was chatting with him and like kind of flirting with him. And she's like, hey, we should hang out sometime, just the two of us. And he's like, yeah, okay, all right, great. And she's like, but don't tell Andrew, okay? I just want it to be the two of us. And he's like, yeah, no problem. She's like, okay, great. Bye, click. She hung up. And then next time I talked to her, she's like, he failed. See? He f- that's why you give people loyalty tests, because he's not a good friend. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, this is the real world? This is, this is insane. <laughs> the real world is like a Neil LeBute movie? Holy shit. What's happening? And I later, con- just as a postscript on that prologue, I later confronted Jeremy about that, and he never confessed. He ne- I was like, I was on the phone. <laughs> I was getting a direct live feed. This wasn't something that was related to me secondhand. I heard the conversation. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Never, never admit it to this day. Anyway, Jeremy, if you are listening to the podcast, the theme of this episode is confessions. <laughs> he, never, he never came through. So fast forward about a decade. I'm living in my own... Uh, not my own house. I'm living in someone else's house and ruining it. Uh, it was like the Sylvan house when David was describing. It was just like a bunch of super poor dudes in this house just destroying it. I lived in literally a walk-in closet, and I thought it was so cool. I thought it was awesome. I loved my little walk-in closet I had. Uh, but I lived with my best friend at the time, Bobby. Uh, again, fake name. Don't worry, I'll blunder it uh, halfway through the story. So... <laughs> Uh, it was great living with my best friend just like hanging out with your best friend all day we'd just like draw and smoke cigarettes and fuck around get in trouble it ruled it was so great and we, we lived together like that for months and over, over time we met this woman named Jill and Jill was also awesome she was so cool we'd spend all this time with Jill hanging out doing fun stuff it was often just the three of us uh, we hung out for like I don't know a few months and it was great and eventually, one night, I told Bobby, I was like, I think I'm going to ask Jill out on a date. And uh, he goes, oh, that's funny. I was thinking of asking Jill out on a date. And I was like, oh, well, then 
go ahead. You, you can go ahead. And he's like, no, no, you go ahead. It became like the last bite of dessert in a restaurant. Like, no, no, I couldn't. No, it couldn't possibly. So you just do it. And like, no, I'm not going to do it. So, you, so we go back and forth. And finally, uh, he's like, you do it because you were going to do it first. So just do it, okay? I'm, I'm fine with it. Just do it. So I asked her out, and uh, she said, yeah, let's go on a date. So we started dating, and it was great. It was awesome. But then again, I started to get this feeling like Bobby still like liked her. Like he would like hang out with her. They'd go on walks and stuff. And it just, it just became this like sensation all the time. Like, oh yeah, I think he, he still like really likes her. And so one night I was hanging out. Uh, what, what's the fake name I made up? Jill. Uh, I was hanging out with Jill. If that's the <laughs> fake name I made up. And, <laughs> and we were talking about Bobby and I was like, yeah, I think, I think he likes you and she's like, no, he doesn't like me. And I was like, no, I think, I think he does. I was like, I think we should give him like a loyalty test. This was like a thing. No one in all this time since, no one had ever been like, no, that's fucked up. You don't give people loyalty tests. That had never happened. So I was still operating under the idea that like, yeah, you can loyalty test a friend anytime you want. And she's like, a what? And I was like, a loyalty test. You give somebody, a lo- we'll just see like if, if he's a good friend or not. She's like, what? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, like you just like flirt with him and just kind of like set it up so that, you know, he could he could try to ask you out or whatever. And then and then we'll know. Right. And she's like, oh, all right. You want me to do this? And I was like, yeah, well, this is just like an easy test. It's like a, a regular thing <laughs> that people do. And she's like, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it tonight because uh, she was staying over at her house. Uh and I was like, okay, great. So I went upstairs and I went to bed and she was going to administer the loyalty test. And uh, the next morning I was like so nervous. I was like, oh my God, this is like my best friend. We live together. Uh, and Jill was like, yeah, he passed. He's a good friend. Like he didn't want to do it. And, you know, I was kind of like putting the moves on him and he just, uh, he didn't, he didn't respond. So good guy, loyal friend. And I was like, awesome. Like this, this is great. Like, see? Now I don't have to worry about it. This is, these loyalty tests are great. This is like a good thing to give people, and I'm glad that I did it. <laughs> so life continued as normal for a few days, and then one day I was sitting around by myself at home, and Jill called me, and she's like, hey, do you have a minute to talk? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she's like, uh, I have a confession to make. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? What? And she's like, the other night when I was uh, giving that loyalty test, I couldn't actually give the loyalty test because I felt so bad about it. And so I told Bobby what you wanted me to do, and I told him about the loyalty test, and he got really mad, and then we made out for the rest of the night. (laughs) And so I've been thinking about it, and I want to break up with you, and I'm going to start dating him. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) What? And I was pretty upset, and they did start dating, and I ended up moving out back into my mom's basement, the only place lower that I could move into. I was like, I'd rather live in my mom's basement than live with that turncoat. <laughs> and eventually we patched everything up, and now I'm still, I'm still friends uh, with Bobby. But if there is a takeaway from the story, uh, it's a don't give people loyalty tests. Don't do it, because one, it's a fucked up thing to do to people... And two, they fail every time. So don't do it. (laughs) Thank you all.
Narrators is produced by me, Ron Doyle, and Aaron Rollman, with help from Karen Wattell, Jesse Witten, Scott Carney, and Sydney Crane. You can subscribe to this podcast for free at all the usual podcast places, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and more. Our live shows take place every third Wednesday of the month, and they've been selling out very quickly this spring, so we do recommend folks join our email list to get the earliest access to those tickets. You can find a link in the show notes for this episode or at our website, thenarrators.org. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Bumport Theater Company, Illegal Pete's From the Hip Photo, and Great Divide Brewing Company. Our theme music is by Whalehawk, and we'd also like to thank Knuckle Pups, who provided the outro music you're listening to right now. You can find a link to their music in the show notes for this episode. We'll be back next Friday with another true story. Until then, thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.